And good morning. It is 10.05. And joining me now from somewhere, well, in Albert Lee at the hospital <laughs> getting chemo is our good friend Al Bat with the hiccups again. Hey, Al. Yeah, I, Sam, I, I did just get near a hospital and I get hiccups. I don't know what the deal is. But it's, uh, this is my last round of chemo, so good news, folks. You won't have to listen to me whine about it anymore. I'm just uh, real happy. I get, uh, uh, I'll finish up tomorrow, get the last deal of chemo. So I am uh, rejoicing and, and talking to uh, 100 people that I know here. It's just uh, they're all in the same boat. So, so I have a, a question now. When when you actually is it when you sit down in the hospital and they start giving you chemo, or do you just get it in general when you're in the hospital? You start hiccuping. Uh, I sit down. Yeah, they take you back to uh, in Rochester. They have chemo suite, so you have your own just kind of plush place where you're all by yourself. Well, here in Albert Lee, they it's there's a whole bunch of us room. And uh, I kind of like it with a whole bunch of us in there because it's always somebody I know. Uh, yes, yesterday when I was here, an old friend, Rod Tolvar, we played ball together for a hundred years. He was a all-state fullback for Albert Lee, and we were sitting there talking about how good we used to be. So it's kind of <laughs> fun. And I was lying; he was telling the truth about how good he was. But he was kind enough to believe me. So even though he played with me, he knew better. So it was. It was. It helped pass the time. It just goes by in a hurry, and they're they're good friends. So, Al, before, when, uh, before yeah, you, I want to thank oh, the A L O A. Uh, it's Adult Lutherans Organized for Action. I think is the name. I always get it wrong, but and that was at Ironwood Springs Christian Ranch in Stewartville, a beautiful place. It was fun speaking there. Also to the Fairmont Lakes Foundation in, oddly enough, Fairmont. And at the KOS, at the Ken Lake Park Resort in Harlan, Kentucky. I spoke there on Saturday, so it was a, it was a great deal of fun there. And when I was in Fairmont, I walked around Sisseton Lake. That's the longest I've walked since uh, May. Wow. So, man, I was, uh, I was just so happy and and a little bit proud of myself because I set these goals down in the Mahoney State Park. I climbed the observation tower, and that was the highest I've climbed since May. So, and when I was in Kentucky, I walked about 100 miles, I think. I just kept wow. going and didn't know enough to stop. But here at home, I've been watching the goldfinches at the feeders, and when they're not eating, they're, they're singing. And their joyful songs are captivating to me. And I was listening to Vivaldi on my CD player, and I like Vivaldi's music. I like it because it makes me happy. People always say, well, what do you like that kind of music? What's your about? And if it makes me happy, I like it. And Vivaldi named his, seven, I want to say 1729 flute concerto for a bird. called It was called the goldfinch. And it's a different goldfinch. It's the European goldfinch. You'll see it in aviaries and nursing homes and things. But the cheery sounds of the American goldfinch make me happy, too. And the blue jays were flying over when I was walking around Sisseton in uh, Fairmont. They were flying over a parked car, and it's a Suzuki. And one must have said, I think I'll put down a deposit on that car because the other Blue Jays in the flock began making calls that sounded as if they were saying, do it, do it, do it. And back at home, I watched a millipede walk down the sidewalk. 
on its 160 legs. 160 legs. You know, I have trouble keeping one leg, one foot going with the other one. Insects have six legs, and spiders have eight legs. And sometimes in basements, I see sow bugs and pill bugs. And they are crustaceans. They're related to lobster, shrimp, and crayfish. And sow bugs and pill bugs have seven pairs of legs. They're similar in appearance. Uh, pill bugs, when I was a kid, we call them roly-polies. And they look like miniature armadillos, and they roll up to into a ball whenever they're disturbed. And if it doesn't roll into the ball, it looks the same, but it's a sow bug. And if some of you have visited, uh, spend much time in Europe, they're called wood lice there. But uh, this is a time of year, man, we see a lot of them in basement. Uh, Daniel Otten of Hayward sent me a photo, and he was wondering, he said, I think they're larvae of some kind. They're kind of little orange, maggoty-looking guys, and it's like they're wearing a silk, oh, I don't know what, a big silk shirt, kind of white shirt, and they're the larvae of the Indian meal moth. And they're a common household pest that feed principally on a stored food product. Many years ago, I spoke at a pest uh, exterminating annual Christmas party, and they said they're the most common household pest. I don't know how, I suppose just from their records of treating things. And the larvae are, uh, well, they're general feeders. They feed, uh, again, principally on stored food products. Yeah. It can be found in grain products, seeds, dried fruit, dog food, spices. And the Indian meal moth received this name because it was found to be a pest of meal made by what was called Indian corn or maize. Uh, Frank Cooden of Albert Lee and Ed Jensen of New Richland both called and said, where are all the birds? We don't have any birds. Ed said he doesn't even have any house sparrows in the yard. And he said that the smoke from the Canadian fire, forest fires are doing this. You know, um, it's a September shuffle. Stuff moves around, and they just have so many seeds, and there's so many uh, fruits and berries, and there's a lot of insects yet. There's just so many things for everything to eat. And I was walking through a lot of woods down in Kentucky, and there were just birds everywhere there. So, But I'm sure a lot of people down there in the yards or the feeders are saying the same thing. Herb Mueller of Rochester saw a Carolina wren, he said, around his garage. Eddie Lucas of Mason City said, warbler watching is getting pretty slow in northern Iowa. Uh, so she went over to the Zerbal Slough to look in the shorebird. She says, being drawn down. So they had 10, she had 10 species of shorebirds. There was a juvenile yellow-crowned night heron. And uh, she said it was just fun being at the slough. Craig Mandel. Craig, I believe, lives in Minnetonka. He leads tours for our uh, Minnesota Ornithologist Union, of which I was president for some time. And I was president because I knew how to spell ornithologist and where the apostrophe went. Uh, in September 14th, he was in Wasika County. and September 15th, he was in Steele County with a group. So there were very nice days of birding. 
Migrants were around, but not in large number. Total of 15 species of warblers, only six species of shorebirds. On Goose Lake in Wasika, I like Goose Lake. Uh, he says a few warblers, Flowers Park had some warblers and vireos. Janesville, water treatment plant, lots of killdeer and some Franklin's gulls. No other shorebirds. Off Highway 13 by County Road 22. There's a flooded field, shorebirds, American golden plover, killdeer, least and pectoral sandpipers, and Wilson snipes. And moon and marsh, there were soras, Wilson snipe, and stilt sandpiper. In Steele County near Bixby, spent a couple hours birding a section of road, the highlight being a couple of Leconte sparrows at Rice Lake State Park, a few warblers. A Forster's Turn and a single black turn. Sacred Heart Cemetery in Olatana. Lots of house finches, cedar waxwings, bay-breasted magnolia, Nashville black pole warblers, Oakland Lake, over 800 Franklin gulls, hundreds of them flying south north of the lake. Also pipebill grebes, two horn grebes at Kaplan's Wood Park. Uh, mixed warblers, black and white, northern perula, and American bedstarts. So, man, there you go, Eddie and John and Frank. Uh, people said there weren't many birds. I guess we're just looking in the wrong places. That's where I'm always looking, I know. Uh, John Nelson of Good Thunder said he's surprised to observe a female red-bellied woodpecker feeding two begging fledglings at a peanut feeder this morning. Very late hatch, your second hatch, any ideas? Probably second hatch. They will have more than one. Uh, Rick Mammel of Albert Lee on September 15th said, Al, here's a picture today of three baby red cardinals, now one week old. Their nest is in the vines of my pole beans and the metal bunk bed trellis for the vines. They're already developing some feathers on their tiny wings. Marie, that's his wife directed me this morning to a Baltimore Oriole feeding in a hummingbird feeder near the window. Just the day following my 72nd birthday, such delightful gifts. Marie discovered a mouse running near her as she was on her computer, and she is in a tither. I cannot find where any can get into the house from outdoors. Locals tell me it's a hopeless effort. I refuse to do poison. Since we have two cats disinterested in any mouse, besides <laughs> once poison, the mice end up hidden somewhere and simply stink over time. Ooh. Nuts. Yeah, I'm kind of with the, being a local, I guess I'd agree. Man, it's a, a hopeless effort. I put out mouse traps and try to check them regularly. I, I don't know. It's, it's, they don't need much of an opening to get in, Rick, so... As soon as your house gets a few years old, there are cracks and things. Uh, Donna Swenson of Wasika said, Wood ducks in my pond and my yard's full of them. Uh, wood ducks eat seeds, fruits, insects, and uh, arthropods. So when aquatic foods get uh, unavailable, in this case it may just be crowded with other ducks, they will come up to dry land. And I know your place, Donna, because you're my sister-in-law. I know you don't want that spread around very much, but... You have a lot of oak trees around your house, so they'll come up there and eat acorns. But they'll also eat other nuts from forests and grain from fields. And plant materials make up 80% or more of what they eat. So they eat acorns, soybeans, smart weed, water primrose, panic grass, 
duckweed, millet, water lily, blackberries, wild cherries, but they also eat flies, beetles, caterpillars, isopods, and snails. Uh, Jack Corman sent me some photos. He said, are these sandhill cranes? What are these guys doing south of Alden, Minnesota? Uh, Jack, they are sandhill cranes, unlike most living creatures, uh, or like most living creatures. Uh, their goal is to visit the area south of Alden. And there are several subspecies. In the winter, they form these immense flocks in places like Bosque del Apache, New Mexico, and in some wildlife refuges in Texas. And they do nest in Freeborn County, where we are, Jack, but not in large numbers. Uh, Kathy, uh, H-E-I-B-E-L, Hebel Hebel, says, can you educate me a bit on owls, Al? For the last two weeks, we've been watching what we think are owls at two locations. First, he or she was on the grain bins and is incredibly vocal. A loud screeching tonight, he or she moved to the top of the water tower. And there are at least what, let's see, and there are at least two more, maybe three off in the distance. There were what appeared to be two males until they had a little squabble and one flew away. The remaining one we see is a very loud screech and a white underbelly. It appears to be quite large. The ones we can see have a softer and quieter screech, not really a screech. Tonight they were active from 8 to 9.30. Okay, I guess it's pretty obviously obvious that we are not bird watchers and don't live in the country where this activity would be common. We have never heard these birds before in town nor seen them. We've lived in Fountain for over 25 years. We're quite entertained by them. We did look on the internet and read that they mate in the fall, and maybe what we are hearing is the birds fighting for the guy. But there was what appeared to be another male who seemed to leave even if there were more than one female. We hope you aren't rolling on the floor laughing at our lack of knowledge and hope <laughs> that you can let us know if these could be owls. I did try to capture their vocalizing on my phone, but it isn't loud. Kathy, I, I'm far from laughing. I exult in your question. It's likely the calls are those of young great horned owls. Uh, great horned owl, young one, gives piercing screams when begging for food, and it will beg for food into October, four to five months after it's uh, left the nest. And Ivan, I sent uh, Kathy a sound clip and of those, so I'm waiting to hear if that's what she had. Uh, Joel and Marlene Breckner said, Hi, Al, why are 40 to 50 pelicans soaring overhead, hardly beating wings, going clockwise, and then counterclockwise? Why do they do it? Because it feels good? <laughs> we are on Lake Francis on a cloudy day. Thanks. Wish we could do it. Uh, one of the largest birds in North America is a nine-foot wingspan, folks. These are big birds. And despite its great size, the white pelican is a spectacular flyer with flocks soaring high in the air, ponderously wheeling and circling in unison. And studies of pelicans have indicated that the birds alternately soar in thermals. Thermals just makes it a lot easier to fly, and they don't use as much energy. And then they'll glide. And they do this when flying cross-country, and it helps make travel easier. TJ, Tom Jessen of, uh, of Medelia said, Al, remind everybody 
that salanders, salanders, salamanders are out during rainy September days. I found seven of them yesterday in Watton County. Look for what looks like little black cigars sliding across the road. Uh, at the Nye Senior Learning, they have a, at the Nye Center in Henderson, they have a senior learning series, and Nye is N-E-Y. And it's Chimney Swift Thursday coming up September 21st from 12 to 2. You can learn why chimney swifts are one of the most interesting birds of the state. Uh, local naturalists, Art and Barb Straw, who are about as nice as people can be. Uh, lunch is included. It's on the third Thursday of each month. You have to be 50 or older or willing to lie about your age. Uh, cost is $10 if you're a member or 12 for non-member. You're supposed to register online by September 14th. But you might want to check with NICE Senior Learning ses- Series. Maybe they've got a, you need a re- reservation. Maybe there's something that's opened up. Or you can check their future ones because it is every third Thursday and well worth attending. Uh, they also, on September 24th, they have uh, the Wood Ducks Carving Club meets. And I was talking to somebody the other day. He said, I always wanted to learn how to carve uh, wood of birds and things. Well, September 24th, 1 to 3, you get hands-on lessons regarding the fundamentals of carving wood from the amazingly talented Ollie Heitkamp. And uh, contact the NICE Center if you're interested. Uh, find them online. And October 7th from 12 to 4, they have their Fall Festival Saturday. You can celebrate the fall season with family-friendly activities. They have a prairie maze, tractor wagon ride, petting zoos. You get to make corn husk dolls. I did that with my grandma. I wasn't very enthused about making <laughs> corn husk dolls, but uh, love my grandma. Uh, cross-cut sawing, uh, pumpkin painting, homestead tours, face painting, butter making, and homesteading games. Uh, family activities are free, and all new or renewed memberships receive a free pumpkin. There's a pancake lunch, $6 member, $8 non-member. Pre-registration is not required for that. Again, that's October 24th, 12 to 1.30, a pancake lunch with maple syrup. And then 1.30 to 4 p.m., all the activities. And then at the J.C. Hormel Nature Center, Tuesday, September 19th, 7 p.m., with Savannah Dahl, Cranes of the World. Learn about the 15 species of cranes found around the world and the work being done to ensure their survival. So, man, there's just no reason for staying at home at all. It's just... Uh, getting out, and if, and if you still can't find anything to do, please join me on the Pelican Breeze. We're going out to a 60-foot pontoon, and we cruise lovely Albert Lee Lake. History, nature, and stories are on the menu at 1.30 on September 24th. Uh, please call 383-7273. It's a, uh, a 507 number, and um, hope some of you come up. We get a few listeners every show, and uh, please do call. We had to uh, turn down a lot of people that showed up, and I'm just feeling really guilty about that. Did you mention the Hawkwatch raptor migration event? 
I did not, but I wish you would. Yeah, you know, I saw this in the in the paper, and I thought this sounded interesting. Something up your alley that Bethany Lutheran College is inviting the public to events that they've planned this month. It's the time of year when peak numbers of raptors are counted across North America, and they call it the Bethany Hawk Watch, and it's planned in conjunction with the Hawk Migration Association of North America's International Hawk Migration Week, which I didn't know there was such a thing. And apparently observers get to count migrating raptors moving through the area starting on Saturday through September 24th. So I assume is that this uh, past Saturday then it must have been? Today's the 19th. The 19th. Yeah, so, yep. so in the, through Saturday through September 24th. And of course somebody you know very well, Assistant Professor of Biology, Chad Hines, is going to give a an hour talk at 7 p.m. Uh, Tuesday, September 19th, that's today in Meyer Hall, Room 101, so you can listen to that. It's called Migration Through Mankato, and he's going to be discussing migration of birds through the Minnesota River Valley with the focus on what has been learned about diurnal raptor migration during the 13 years of counting raptors at the Bethany Hawk Watch. What is diurnal again, do you want to remind us? Sure, diurnal is those that are active during the daytime okay. as opposed to nocturnal. Which are like things like owls and other... Yeah, and there are some owls that are... Um, I see barred owls a lot during the day, and they are uh, they can be very vocal during the day. So there there are some, but uh, you think of diurnal as a lot of the hawks, the red-tailed hawks and things that have bald eagles, things that have this incredible daytime eyesight. And their vision isn't nearly so good at night. And anybody that raised chickens, you know, they could see everything during the day, but at night they just walk into walls. So <laughs> they, they're about like us. They couldn't see anything. So Chad does a wonderful, wonderful job. I know Jim Amundsen from Lake Crystal has been uh, so active, uh, he and his wife. And there's lots of other ones. I always, you know, I should never name names because you always leave so many people out. But I know Jim has just put uh, incredible hours in, as has Chad, and it's a really cool thing. Well, it says Chad's going to also lead a bird walk on the Bethany. Land of memories. They're also going to be leading a bird walk on Bethany's campus on this Saturday at 8 a.m. on September 23rd, and that walk's going to feature uh, searching for and viewing of warblers, sparrows, and other migrants in the early hours, and then they'll visit the Hawk Watch site to help count raptors, and they'll learn hawk identification around 10 o'clock this Saturday. And it will be weather-dependent, of course. Uh, it says, Bethany's site has counted nearly 40,000 southbound raptors during the last 13 years. And in 2016, volunteers at the Bethany Hawk Watch observed 9,530 raptors, representing 20 species from August 15th to December 15th. So that is pretty amazing. It says the year's count is underway and community members are welcome to visit or serve as volunteers. And you can contact the Bethany Hawk Watch folks at uh, Bethany Lutheran College. So that's kind of a neat thing. It's a very cool thing. And I guess I have to admit the numbers really surprised me when it first started, but it was all because of all the volunteers that were willing to do that. I thought they'd have good numbers, but they've had fantastic numbers. And the problem with a lot of guys like me, if an English major, they have to remind us and kind of give us a fundamental in discounting again, because we're good up to oh, 100 or so, and then we start losing interest. So <laughs> they have to really work on, on guys like me. But yeah, I, I couldn't recommend it enough. Um, 
get there if you can because you really enjoy it. Is there something else uh, migrating this time of year? Because on my way from uh, our house in Mankato out to the lake house in Lake Washington, I could not believe how many, how much roadkill, everything from skunks to possum to raccoons to you name it. There was just so many things out on the road that were had been you know, run over. And I thought, well, is something about this time of year? Are they moving in, out, somewhere? Yeah, it sure is. This is a fall shuffle. Mm. So you get all these guys, they're kind of moving around. They're looking for food. And they're keeping an eye out to where they can hole up for the winter, too. So they're looking for uh, a nice territory. Uh, Oh, for a lot of those animals, it's burrows that they can get into. So we have these guys, and then plus you have some still some young mammals that are out on the road and just not very uh, not very street smart. And then you'll notice a lot of times there'll be a dead animal on the road. So then you get a raccoon to come out and investigate the dead animal. He gets hit. Then a possum comes out and says, well, I wonder if those things are edible out there, and it gets hit. So all of a sudden you have like uh, some big, it looks like a big drug deal has gone bad. <laughs> you know, all these bodies lying over the, all over the highway, but it, it's part of that um, that fall shuffle that we get where uh, they can sense that the weather is going to chill out and we better uh, kind of find a place where we can hunker down. Uh, just like a lot of friends that we all know, they end up in Texas or Florida or California or Arizona or somewhere. So they're doing that same thing, fall shuffle, although some of them will hang in here with the rest of us until uh, past Christmas, but we have a lot of friends. That, boy, in October, early October, they're in that three-point stance, and they're gone. Well, so and, it's, so I was going to say, speaking of roadkill, <laughs> what's going on at the cafe? Oh, <laughs> at the cafe. And, you know, the roadkill is pretty good. I swear my grandma fed us that stuff. Uh, at the cafe where the food chain is missing a few links, the special is always a Heimlich maneuver and gravy is considered a beverage. And now featuring authentic leftovers with less hair in the food and real cup holders where grease is good and none of the food smells like feet. Well, hardly any of it. Hey, we were sitting around the table today with a bunch of cronies of mine, and one of them says, uh, remember when we were teenagers? And I said, vaguely. He said, we thought we could change the world. I said, that's true. He <laughs> said, now I'm lucky if I remember to change oil in my car. Remember, folks, heartless while we're driving past, do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird and just, man, thanks for being so nice. I look forward to these every Tuesday, Karen, and your good company. I, I appreciate it very much. And everybody just have your best day ever. Hey, Al, I have a question. So you're in chemo right now with a bunch of people around. So do they have to sit and listen to you for a half an hour? Yeah, it's they... a dreadful punishment, but I think <laughs> they knocked a little bit off their bill. <laughs> so so they're all sitting there for the last half hour listening to you talk, and they're all probably going, why is this guy blathering on and on about uh, birds? There's a bunch that brought their chairs in close, but I'm afraid they're people that I know very well. Oh. <laughs> Well, I also want to let people know that we record your shows and we put them on our SoundCloud because I know I got a couple people that emailed me this morning saying, hey, I can't be in my car or my house at this time. Let me know if you make sure you record this show so I can hear it later. So just to, to let folks know, if you want to hear Al, if you miss some of it, you can go to the KMSU SoundCloud, you Google SoundCloud and then type in KMSU and you can scroll down and find shows from 
I don't know when we started doing this, but but you're you're saved on a cloud somewhere, Al. I am indeed, and it's really cool. I hear from people from Oklahoma and Kentucky and all over that listen, so it's it's a pretty neat thing. Wonderful. Well, Al, you have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you next week. I look forward to it. Thanks. Yep. Bye bye. Always fun to talk to Al. Even <laughs> like I said, he's he's sitting in a hospital in Albert Lee doing chemo with all other people around in the room listening to the show. Just only Al's part of it. But, you know, generally I don't have to say a whole lot because Al is so full of knowledge and, and wisdom and wit that it's just awesome just, just listening to him. 